Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verses 8 through 22. The title of this verse is, The earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Here is the first half of this two-part study. Genesis, chapter 6 verses uh we're actually i'm going to read verses 7 and 8 before we get going just so that way we can kind of have an idea of where we were at and so uh genesis chapter 6 verse 7 says the lord said i will destroy man whom i have created from the face of the earth both man and beast creeping things and the birds of the air for i am sorry that i have made them but noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, when we see the story, most of us have, you know, at some point, it doesn't matter if you're a follower of God or not, you've seen cartoons or uh, the the uh, maybe you've seen Evan Almighty, where the 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 animals are brought up onto the ark, and and so there's this this focus that we have of this story and I think sometimes that focus is we're missing the fundamental idea of the story that's in scripture and it deals with God is holy God is just uh, the Word of God is is uh, is important for us to understand that is that sin is going to be dealt with and and so looking at this tonight one of the things we will see is that sin continues to be an infection that affects so many uh, during this time and it continues to infect us uh, today uh, those that are not walking with God and 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 you know God does judge sin and so we we one of the things I pray is that as we look at this is that we don't ignore the the warning which is to repent it's the message that, that John the Baptist gave. It's the message that Jesus gave. It's the message that Peter and uh, Paul gave, which is to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so we're, we're going to see that we, we have a holy God who is looking at a very sinful humanity. And yet, He'll give them 120 years to deal with this. So I simply entitled this, this comes from the Scripture, uh, in Genesis chapter 6, verses 8 to 22, the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. With the earth. And so the first time that we, we see the word grace here is with Noah. 
It's the first time. And we, we went over that this past week, and as we read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. In Psalm 145.20 it says, The Lord preserves all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. And in Psalm 84.11 it says, For the Lord God is the sun and the shield, and the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. You see the contrast in Scripture. And, and you're going to see the contrast here. It's, it's, it's the contrast of light and dark. It's the contrast of, of grace and mercy versus judgment and sin. And it's like we talked about, about the trespasses and sins that hinder us from following God. Now we'll spend over the next few weeks talking about the flood. Tonight we're going to focus on Noah. Tonight I want you to focus about Noah, I don't want you to focus about where were the dinosaurs. We'll go over all that. I don't want you to focus on how did God get that many animals inside the boat. We'll go over all that. I want you to focus on what the message is, and that is that, that, that God is going to judge the world. And there's a second coming of Christ that's going to happen. And so there's a very limited time. So when we look at the flood, a lot of people don't believe in the flood. Uh, we'll give you video evidence. We won't next week we have prayer, but the following week we'll show video evidence of proof of the flood. A global flood, because that's the other thing they argue is, is maybe it was just a little local flood. That's a global flood. And we see it in, in the history that's given to us in the Bible. Isaiah spoke about it. Ezekiel uh, spoke about it. First Chronicles, Peter chapter, uh, Peter did it twice, and Luke fourteen, uh, Hebrews, and and uh, is referred to in Hebrews as well. And we we see that the, that they spoke about Noah, they spoke about a flood, and so we 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 know that God breathed the scripture, and God used holy men to write the scripture, but God is the author from Genesis to Revelation. And we talked about the, the Word of God is without error. So when we believe in the account of the flood, if you don't agree with that, then you're disagreeing with the Bible. You're saying that the Bible has error. And so that's why it's important for us to, to when we grasp the concept of the flood, a global flood, it's important for us to grasp that. Um, because if, if we don't, then we're saying the Bible has error. And, and, and you're at odds with God. And so people don't believe in the flood. Even though, you know, I've told y'all before, you know, when we look at some of that video evidence, they said that uh, these things couldn't have happened. They happened over millions and millions of years. And yet when, when Mount St. Helen erupted, it happened within six months. What they thought took millions and millions of years took only six months. That's the power of water. Now, people don't understand that. If, if you've ever been to the desert, when it rains... You, you better get to high ground because the, the, the little area that you're standing in can turn into a river very quickly. And so we, we, we look at this, and, and, and it's important for us as we look at this, we, we wrapped up the theories of the fallen angels, and we spoke about that. And, you know, the, the word Nephilim just simply means fallen ones, 
fallen ones. And so you can wrap your head around the fallen angels or were they men of God and, and women that were ungodly. Uh, again, these are things that, that, um, that we struggle with as we get through verse 6. The focus needs to be, though, is that God's grace was made to everybody. Everybody had free will during this time to choose to follow God, and they chose not to. We also see in, in this part of the story the importance of God's holiness, His sovereignty. We see that it's important for us to understand that His, His wrath is just. He's God, right? And so there's a very seriousness to this story because of sin. It starts in verse 9. It says that this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. So you have a transition that happens, and we're getting the genealogy of, of Noah in verse 10. It says, and, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the, the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Very important that you see is that Noah was pure. He was a just man. Now, was he perfect? No, he wasn't. None of us are. Noah still struggled with stuff as well. And we'll talk about that as we get towards the end of this. Uh, we also see, as we looked at verse 11, that the earth was corrupt, also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. The earth was corrupt and filled with violence. And, and we remember in Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, it says, and, the, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. And we look at that and, and we look at our world today and we see violence. It seems like everywhere we turn around, it's there. Um, you know, one of the things we, we know is that Noah, during this time, he, he walked with God. He was a righteous man. He was blameless. And again, not perfection, but, you know, pursuit of, of, of righteousness. We know that he, he falls later on in Genesis chapter 9, verses 20 and 21. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. And then he drank of the wine and was drunk and become, became uncovered in his tent. So we know that at some point, and you th one of the things I, when I'm reading that, I was like, man, he must have remembered how to make moonshine before the flood. Because he made wine, right? And so that's where the stories of the Nephilim, they probably sat around telling stories with their kids and talked about the Nephilim. And that's where the stories and the, and the, the, the fear of the Nephilim began. Uh, it's very easy to know that there are people that live, you know, that are over seven feet, close to eight feet tall. And there's an illness that happens from that, from genetics. But the Nephilim scared people. It, it, it put fear into them. You, you would talk about them, it would scare people. Goliath, you know, and, and you, you, you had Caleb and Joshua, the only two, like, hey, we can take them, we have God. That's how we should always be with anything. But we see that Noah was, even though he was a just man, he was a righteous man, he wasn't perfect. And one of the things I thought of is, man, he brought something that was pre-flood, and he introduced it after the flood like did god really want wine to be introduced after the flood but noah made it and noah look what happens noah gets drunk and he's naked in his tent and it's a mess and we'll, we'll get into all that when we get to chapter nine 
But it's important for us to know that, that, that Noah was not a perfect man. Neither was David. Neither was Moses. Uh, the only perfect man was Jesus. That's it. In verse 12 it says, So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Now what we see is that we have a corrupt generation. They were filled with corruption, so they're filled with sin. And yet you have one person walking with God. Now, we look at this, we have corruption in our school system. We have corruption in our government. We have corruption, it doesn't matter what president's in the White House, there's corruption. All the time there's corruption. And yet we, we, we see that corruption happened here. Uh, that, that there is a, a great example of, a, of Noah being a light in such a dark, dark place. You know, and, and, and so it's important for us, one of the things I love about Noah is Noah didn't just try to blend in, he was the light. They're going to find out that he preached the gospel for 120 years and, and just continue to preach the gospel. Like he preached God. And so when we look at that, it, it is a, a great example of, of not to blend in to this culture, right? It's very easy for us just to blend in as Christians. We need to stop looking for favor by the world and start seeking pleasures in the promises of God. Too many Christians are trying to find the things that they need from the culture and the world and they're being corrupt. So even Christians can be corrupt. Because why? They're imperfect. They deal with sin. In, verse, uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, it says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Very important for us to understand is like right now you're in a perverse, right? Perverse and crooked generation right now. And, and it's, it's a, an understanding that the, 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 the us as followers of God are to be the light. I love Noah because Noah believed the promises of God. He followed God. He believed the promises of God. God gives Noah instructions and he takes care of it. He gives him all these things that he needs to do and Noah just takes care of it. At the same time, he's building the ark and he's, he's preaching. He's being scoffed at. He's being laughed at. He's being ridiculed. And he's being, it's being done by corrupt, violent people. It's a, the world hadn't seen rain yet. Here, there, there's Noah building a boat on land. And not a drop of rain has happened yet. In verse 13 it says, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now we need to stop here and, and just kind of look at what we've seen now on the earth. So we had wickedness in verses 5 of chapter 6. Man's wickedness in the pre-flood days was very intense. And so we had the wickedness of, of uh, uh, what it looks like to have a life without God. And we're seeing that in our society today. I was listening to something on the prodigal son today from John MacArthur, and he was talking about how the prodigal son is a, is a representation of somebody that just doesn't want anything to do with God. When he walks away from his father, it's as if, hey, I need my money. It's better 
that you give it to me now because the way that I see you, you're dead. That's how he saw his father. And he takes off within days telling everything. And he just walks away from God. And that's where a lot of people are today and their wants. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealous, jealousy, fits of rage, of fits of anger, rivalries, dis dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and these things. Like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when we think about the, the prodigal, one of the things we have to remember is that it wasn't just the prodigal that was struggling in his faith. It was the other brother because he was a legalist. He didn't want anything to do with his father either. He just wanted the laws. He wanted to follow the religion. He wanted things his way too. That's the thing about somebody who's given their heart to Christ. God will always draw them back in. But when we think about the prodigal in that situation, it's somebody who just doesn't want anything to do with God. Don't want nothing to do with you. And there are a lot of people in the culture that way. Now we have people that, have, that, that, that are like the prodigal at some point where they go, you know what, I need to go back to my father. And that happens. But then we have some that end up, like it, like it says here in Romans chapter 1, verses 24 through 32, it says that, Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to, the, to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up their natural relations with women, and they were consumed with passion for one another. Men com committing shameless acts with, uh, with men and receiving themselves the due penalty of their error. And since they did not uh, see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what, what they ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, they are all full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of heaven, inventors uh, of evil, sorry, uh, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, uh, heartless, ruthless, though, though that they know the God-righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, that they not only do them but give, them a, uh, give approval to those who practice them. And we see that they, they exchange the natural, the natural for the unnatural. So when we talk about, and I, and I put this out today, it's very important. When we start calling things that are evil good, we're in, a, we're in a tailspin. And our nation's in a tailspin because we're calling things that are unnatural, natural. We're seeing people that worship, you know, worship identity. And worship sexuality. Worship the climate. Worship themselves. We have a lot of narcissism that's happening. Sadly. Big time. And that is what, what woke will get you. You start following false gods. And, and we're seeing it more and more. So we're seeing wickedness. Not only in the time of Moses. But we see it today. But there's nothing new under the sun. 
And you go, man, they had homosexuals back in the day of Noah. Yes. That's why God dealt with it in Scripture in the Old Testament and the New. It was dealt with. You have a problem with your gender? You have a problem with God. You're saying what God made is not perfect. What God made in the womb was not right. And and I, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, one of the things I love about Noah is he shared the truth. He shared the truth. He shared the truth. And, 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 you know, we need to understand, like, when we do that, we share it with love. But we can't hide from the truth. Our conversations have to be intentional about it. Next, we see that they had wickedness, but they also had a perverted minds. Because every, everything imaginable that they could do evil was constantly on their heart and on their minds. They were fulfilling whatever deceitful lust that they wanted to fulfill. We also see the corruption. In verse 12, it, uh, it talks about corruption. Now, it, it doesn't matter, and I want to make sure you all get this, because I'm not trying to push one side or the other, but corruption happens on the left and the right. Corruption happens in the Democratic Party just as much as it happens in the Republican Party. Corruption happens at Twitter just as much as it happens at Facebook. Corruption happens, you know, in the Senate just as much as it happens in the Congress. Corruption happens. And even happens at the local level. And sadly, we see that, that, that people have lost sight of what God is, has, has deemed to be right. And, and we're, we're choosing these things that are immoral. They're throwing morality right out the window. And that's what happened in the days of Noah. There was corruption everywhere. I mean, it, it's sad when you think about it that, that a lot of the things that happened in Noah's time are happening still today. What did we learn? Nothing. We're repeating the same behaviors over and over and over. Next, we had injustice. Because we, we have in verses 11 and 13... It talks about the, the earth being filled with violence. With violence. And, and, and it's, when we talk about this type of violence, it's the violence that, that it's violating God's given rights of man. It, it's, it's, and, and I'm not going to try to get too much into it, but it irks me. It really does. It upsets me. When we try to honor somebody who's killed six people. And it's a hate crime. It was intentional. You have a young, a young girl that's, which is, you know, sadly the last shootings that we have have been non-binary, trans, trans, trans. We got a problem. It's causing... It's causing issues. And, and man, the devil loves it. There's a lot of demonic stuff that's happening around. Because let me tell you something. If we get out and we share the gospel of Jesus Christ and we talk to them about love and we talk to them that like God loves you. And I know you're struggling with your identity. I know you're struggling with anxiety and depression. But God loves you. Just come to the Word of God. Just come to the body of Christ. Just come back to Jesus. Come to know Christ. 
Yet we're teaching these young kids that the way that we solve things are with violence. And there's a problem. We told you in the 90s that the games were too violent. They were too violent. Grand Theft Auto got worse and worse. Think about the morality, that how that game got worse and worse and worse. You could shoot cops. You could do all kinds of vile things. Violent. And we said there was going to be an issue with this. You have Hollywood screaming, hey, you can't have guns. But then The Matrix came out. There were more guns and more violence in that movie. You see the hypocrisy? We got a problem. We have a problem with violence. And the, and, and the root of the problem, it stems in the heart. The root of the problem is sin. It's sin. It's not the anxiety. It's not the depression. It's not the, uh, the, the suicidal thoughts. It's dealing what's going on with the heart. It's the heart. It's the heart. Where God makes residence. God wants to help those that don't know Him. He can help deal with all that stuff. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 